everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. For old codgers like us, the year 1980 seems like the beginning of the modern era. Sure, it was 43 years ago, but the decade of the 1980s doesn't evoke the same nostalgia as the 1960s or the 1970s. But maybe it should. That's why we decided to get in the Wayback Machine and travel back to the dawn of a decade that has, let's face it, gotten a bad rap. On today's episode, the Camp Codger counselors will be remembering and discussing what happened in 1980, the good, the bad, the shocking, and the absurd. But first, Gary's going to introduce us to someone that he thinks deserves the honor of Codger of the Week. It's appropriate that my Codger of the Week is featured in our episode about 1980. In November of that year, Jimmy Carter lost the 1980 presidential election to actor Ronald Reagan. We could debate whether he was a good president, but we won't since Camp Codger leaves politics to the popular media and the gazillions of pundits who feel compelled to share their opinions on social media, TV, radio, blogs, podcasts, YouTube videos, and whatever other platforms are available. What I can say about Jimmy Carter is that he is a good human being. He turned 99 October 1st, defying all expectations that he would make it this long after stopping medical treatment in February and going on hospice. In his post-presidential years, Carter became the humanitarian that defined him for the rest of his life. He used the platform that is available to former presidents to make the world a better place. He was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 2002, and it was the most visible figure in the Habitat for Humanity a nonprofit that delivered homeownership to thousands of low-income families. And he did it with grace, humility, and a smile on his face. Our hats are off to Jimmy Carter, the peanut farmer from Georgia, graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, and the longest-living president. Hang in there, Jimmy. Randy? That was really nice, Gary. Thank you. And that's the perfect intro to the year of 1980. 1980 was 43 years ago, so the chances are you remember some of what happened that year, but most of it, not so much. This is certainly one of our memory lane episodes, which jogs our memories and reminds us that every year is filled with news and interesting events, and 1980 is no exception. It was a big year. In doing the online research for this show, I was amazed at how much was going on in 1980. So buckle up for safety as we get into our 1980 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was the best-selling car in America that year. And we cruise back to the dawn of the 1980s. Mr. Gary, I know that you weren't thrilled when I proposed <laughs> the year 1980 as an episode topic. Why is that? I have to tell you, I completely drew a blank when you said 1980. It was like a year that didn't exist for me. And then I started thinking about 1980. And the one thing that popped into my mind was K-Cars, the worst, <laughs> most awful piece of Detroit crap ever designed and produced. There was nothing good about a K-Car. 
And the naming. Can you believe they named a car the Plymouth Reliant? Really? Reliant? I mean, at least Chevy had the Malibu that made you think about the surfers and beaches in California. Plymouth offered a Reliant. Boring. <laughs> and then and then the next thing that came to mind was, yes, that's the year we elected as our president an actor who starred in the well-done movie Bedtime for Bonzo. He's our new president. All right, you got to name him. There are people Come out on, there. Ronald Reagan. Okay. okay. Whether he was a good president or not, we're apolitical here at Camp Codger. But come on, we just elected a guy that made a movie with a chimp as our president. <laughs> <laughs> so 1980 really never came out as a, as a high-profile year for me. How about you, Richard? What do you think the big news story from 1980 was? Well, was it the election of Mr. Reagan? Oh, I think it had to be. Don't forget, am I wrong here, or did Teddy Kennedy mount a campaign to tr for president that year against his own yes, party's candidate, Jimmy Carter? Yep. That made it a very right. interesting campaign year. Now, thanks to Gary, we know who won. Thank goodness. <laughs> the secret is out. The secret is out. The chimp won. <laughs> but no, uh, Mr. Kennedy tried to be the Democratic nominee and failed. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Reagan ran against Mr. Carter. Guess I vote, what? I voted for Bonzo. <laughs> Don't Mr. forget, Carter wasn't that... was not reelected. Wasn't that the year of the hostage crisis in Iran? Yes, that was another big that thing. That was a huge that, thing that, that actually year, tipped uh, things. The hostage crisis in Iran started in 1979, right? Right. right. Uh, toward the end of the year. I think it was uh, November. The, the entire year leading up to the election was dominated by this horrible hmm. crisis of Americans being held hostage in, in Iran. Right. And a lot of people think that's what cost Carter the election. Now, there was also inflation. We were coming off of a horrible recession. Gas prices were out of sight. People were lining up at gas stations. But 1980 was the first year of a new decade. Kind of got off to a rough start. I have some facts, little factoids that I got off the internet, so we know they're true. But I think these are actually true, or at least close. The yearly inflation rate in 1980, do you remember what it was? I think it was 7 or 8%. It was 13 and a half oh, percent. 13 and a half. Oh my God. We're, we're complaining in America about, you know, three and a half. Three and a half or four percent. It's like, oh. wow. In 79 and 80, things were really bad inflation wise. The year end closing in 1980 for the Dow Jones industrial average of stocks, take a wild guess. It's at 33,000 right now. What do you think it was at the end of 1980? 10,000? 963. <laughs> I hope that's right, because I just found it on the internet. Damn, I wish I would have invested in the market. Then, interest yeah. rates in 1980. The Federal Reserve interest rate setting was at 21.5%. Remember? It, I know why I forgot in 1980. <laughs> you blocked it out. It was a miserable year. Oh, my oh, God. Boy. The median price of an existing home was $62,200. Mm. The average monthly rent for a renter was $300. Mm. And the cost of a gallon of gas, which at the time seemed, seemed astronomical because we were just coming out of that less than a dollar gas, right? Yeah. 
it was a dollar nineteen, and oh. we were so angry. I used to be able to put five gallons in for a buck when I was in high school. And what right. happened to dollar nineteen? Oh, I'll, <laughs> give me dollar nineteen again. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll sign up for that anytime right now. So there were some good things for the geek in me. GPS satellite systems started in nineteen eighty. I did not know that. I think that was so cool. Here we are today. We navigate with our phones. We never get lost. And the first satellite went live in 1980. Now, it was for the military, but, you know, it was still the idea that GPS came alive in 1980. It was kind of cool. Another big event, CNN, was launched in 1980. Yeah, the first time you could go on a cable channel 24 hours a day and watch news. And they picked a really good year to, to start. So it's probably <laughs> an interesting thing that CNN has launched. If you think about it today, now we've got back-to-back 24-7 news on cable, on the internet, on our phones. Damn you, CNN. <laughs> it's all your fault. No, that was a big deal back then. It was a big deal. It really was a big deal. Another big news event in 1980 was Mount St. Helens exploding. Ah, oh, my God. I was living in Seattle when that happened. And that was probably more important to us in Seattle than the election. Because you'd look out your window and you'd see this massive towering cloud of smoke. Mm. Just stunning. Just stunning. I remember being on a commercial airliner. The pilot gets on and announces that he has gotten permission to fly over closer to Mount St. Helens so we could see it from the air. And it was really a thrilling thing to see. I mean, it was post-eruption and all, but you could see that the mountain had kind of blown away, right? I mean, one side of it was blown away. It was only 100 miles from where I lived. That that was a big deal. That was a big deal. What did it do to the air? Was the air totally polluted for weeks? No, it actually settled out pretty quickly. The dust was pretty heavy. So another important event, can't forget this. This is really, really critical. Dallas, who shot JR? <laughs> I had forgotten that. That was a big deal. <laughs> it was huge, huge. It was the most watched television show in history, apparently, at that time. At that time, yeah. Yeah. right. Are either of you guys sports fans in uh, international sense? Because there was a big news story that came out of the Winter Olympics in 1980. Magic on ice. Team beating Russia. No, it it was called the Miracle on Ice. Oh, the Miracle on Magic. It wasn't magic. That's when the ice skaters come out and do twirls and stuff. (laughs) This, this (laughs) This was the Miracle on Ice. The U.S. Olympic team, which at the time was a bunch of amateurs. That's before the Olympic Committee allowed professionals to do Olympic events. So a bunch of essentially college hockey players defeated Russia in one of the late medal games and went on to win the gold medal. Everybody in the world thought Russia was going to win that gold medal. So it was a big deal. And if I'm not mistaken... It was uh, the Olympics were held in Lake Placid, Lake New Placid. York. Yeah. So it was an American team winning on American soil or American ice. And it was a big deal. I remember really feeling good about America because of the hockey team. 
Well, and don't forget, at the time, it was not the U.S. versus Russia. It was the U.S. versus the USSR. It was competing ideologies on ice. The U.S. beat the team that was totally formed under communism. Absolutely. And so it got to be a pseudo-political victory yes. as well. Well, so much for 1980. <laughs> no, See, no. And you thought there was going to be nothing <laughs> well, to talk about. We, you know, we <laughs> forgot to mention the Rubik's Cube. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to figure that <laughs> I, one out. I couldn't help it. But amazingly enough, the Rubik's Cube is still with us. Every now and then you'll see some kid playing with a Rubik's Cube. It's quite amazing. Yeah, it's one of those little iconic toys that became part of popular culture and I guess still is. I never once solved that stupid little thing. I have the attention span of a gnat. <laughs> and I just couldn't get into the Rubik's Cube. After two or three twists, I'm saying, this is kind of boring. And when I'm done, it's still a cube. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't even change that much. It's just, okay, all the colors are now on specific right. faces of this cube. It's like, <laughs> yeah, wake, me up when, wake me up when you're done. Do you remember what the number one movie was in 1980? Mm. God, it's a I movie don't. we all know. Everybody on the planet knows this movie. Silence. Radio silence. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got no the, idea. The Codgers forgot. In 1980, the movie which is now known as Star Wars Episode Five came out, which is really the second Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, was yeah. by far and away the number one yep. movie that year. Can yep. you remember anything musically happening from I that? I do. Come well, on. 1980? The, the, no, I'll tell you why. It's the saddest news story for me personally. The saddest news story of 1980 happened December 8th, 1980, when John Lennon was shot. Well, oh, that was yes. sad. At yep. the Dakota apartment building in New York, where he, he and Yoko lived, they had released a really good album right before that, sort of a comeback album. It was called Double Fantasy. It was at the top of the chart. He was famous all over again. Oh, my. And this deranged fan stalked him for a couple of days, actually literally got his autograph that morning and came back the evening or late afternoon and shot him outside of his apartment building. And that set off this huge outpouring of, of love and support for, for Yoko and for essentially the death of the Beatles. It was a pop culture moment of just intense sadness. Because we're on the John Lennon topic, the hit song from that album that he had just released right. feels like starting over. The number one song on the Billboard charts. That's the song that, that I remember. Hmm. Well, on a happier note, Let's not forget the Post-it Notes. Post-it Notes. 3M introduced Post-its in 1980. That's I mean, a big deal. we today without Post-its? I, I think that Post-it Notes might have been the single one invention that changed my life the most. Not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, for me, it turned out to be a great organizer. You take a sheet of paper. And you'd put post-it notes on it, and you could rearrange your order. I'm being very tongue-in-cheek because I, I've got one over there on the end of the table I've right now. I've got them stuck on my monitor. We're still using We're still using them. So Richard, that's 40 years. Post-it notes in your pocket? 
Oh, God, that's where I put them, and that was the problem. They all stuck together. Couldn't make out one post-it <laughs> note from another. You didn't read the user manual? <laughs> poster notes? So what else happened in 1980? All right, so in a lot of ways, and I alluded to this in the, in the intro, I think 1980 is the beginning of the modern age because there's a lot of technological stuff going on, a lot of inventions, right? One of which was a pop culture phenomenon. The Pac-Man video game was introduced in 1980. Oh, God. It became the most popular video game of all time. It's still around. My grandkids know what Pac-Man is. It was an international sensation. It was an international addiction. I was totally addicted to Pac-Man. Well, that too. Oh, play it late into the night. And some reference that I read said that the word yuppie was used for the first time in a newspaper story really? in 1980. And yuppie, as those of you mm. old enough to remember, got to be like a, a term for a young urban professional. And the 80s was a very prosperous decade, real business-focused a lot of young cool. urban professionals like me advancing in their careers. And so that was a term that, that later on in, in the decade got to be a big deal. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Richard, you got anything left on 1980? Or should I, we wrap this puppy up? I, I think we're ready. I think we've done it more than justice. <laughs> more than it deserves. <laughs> more than it deserves, according to Gary. Gary, you were just not going to let this go. 1980 was a fine year just because you I hated that. 1980. I hated it. All right, folks. I am looking at the old analog clock on the Camp Codger wall. <laughs> and it is time to travel back to the future from 1980 to 2023. We're, yes, we're back in the 21st century. Thank goodness. It's fun to take a look back, but it's even better to rejoin our friends and family and start scrolling through messages on our cell phones, isn't it? <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed our little trip to 1980. Please send us a comment or an email. Let us know what the year 1980 meant to you. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171.